Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of another film podcast. I'm Colin. And I'm Matt. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so we got a special one for you guys today. Um, we are doing a bonus episode uh, outside of the film festival where we are going to talk about uh, a couple of uh, spoopy movies for spoopy movie season. So um, in order to do this right, we brought along a friend of ours. Um, so uh, I mentioned him on the last episode. He's waving. You guys can't see it, but it's really cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is my friend Joel. Um, we've been friends since high school. Um, been friends all along. Um, Matt, intru- I introduced him to Matt when Matt and I started living together. And so we've all kind of got a stupid uh, text message group thread thing that goes on and is very, very dumb. Um, but we figured we'd bring him along for this for this ride. So, uh, Joel, if you want to say anything to introduce yourself, go go ahead. Hi, I'm Joel. Beautiful. Perfect. You nailed it. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the, <laughs> the, uh, the two Suspirias, um, the 1977 original uh, Daria Argento um, Italian horror movie, as well as the 2018 Luca Guadagnino remake. So uh, we'll start off talking about, uh, you know, what our relationship to these movies is. I can go first. Um, <clears throat> I So I'd never seen the original Suspiria. And uh, when the new one was coming out, I was like, yeah, that seems interesting. I'll go check that out. And I meant to watch the original and just never got around to it. And then I saw the first, like, the new one alone in a theater and was like, this shit rules. <laughs> and it's, like, so fucked up. It's so weird. And I was like, hell yeah. And uh, and then I just still never got around to watching the original um, until last night, which I was very pleasantly surprised by. Um, like, it's it's bad in the way that, like, a lot of Italian movies are bad, especially, like, if, wow. of that time. Right. <laughs> Yes, that's shot me. across the bow. <laughs> racist at all Italians, but not all Italians. Sorry, just Italian filmmakers. <laughs> wow, can't wait um, to talk about Luca Guadagnino. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like it's it's, and we'll talk more about this, obviously. But it's got just like the horrible ADR. It's just got like all sorts of like just weird, terrible. unbelievable. Goof- just like just so baffling and it's it just got all sorts of like weird goofy shit that like makes it like kind of stupid but also a little endearing um but i thought it was like genuinely like pretty creepy at points um and i like really appreciated the like how graphic some of it was even though it was like very obviously fake yeah and, like just mm-hmm. kind of shitty um but yeah so I, I i ended up enjoying the original a lot more than i was i was expecting to and then I rewatched the the uh, remake last night as well, and still rules, you guys. It's still super fucked up, <laughs> and I'm yeah. still still a big fan. So, uh, but yeah, that's me, um, Matt. What is your relationship to Suspiria's? I heard that uh, Luca Guadagnino was doing the remake, and when we were both working at our last job, our friend Jack, who uh, loves oh, yeah. old horror movies, and specifically loves Suspiria had told me a lot about the original and was like, the fun thing about it is that it's like a Disney movie, but it's a horror movie. But, like, the colors look like Disney visuals. Just, like, bright reds and bright greens, and it's about, like, oh, like, this, like, these terrible, like, uh, house mothers are, like, trying to, like, hurt the girls, like, very Cinderella. 
but it's like a nightmare fairy tale. Uh, so that's how I had always heard of the original being uh, talked about, and then saw the remake first. Did not see the original Suspiria until after the new one. Uh, so I re- really had no context truly for like the story itself uh, when I saw the new one, and was like, what? <laughs> what is this crazy movie uh, that I loved? Uh, and I saw it with my friend Ryan, who, going into it, said, I just hope it's not super graphic, because, like, I'm not great with, like, <laughs> I'm not great with, like, a lot of, like, bones breaking oh. or, like, grisly <laughs> violence. And I was like, I don't really know what this one has. And then, like, we'll talk about that first oh. brutal scene. God bless Ooh. it. Uh, and he, both of us were like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, no. And then he, like, loved it, because the ending is so... Uh, outrageous that he was mm-hmm. like that movie was so wild and so crazy so uh we both liked it i ended up renting the original suspiria and found it uh lacking is what i'll say that's i just fair, i just like could not be compelled by the story seeing how it had been redone where it was like a move a movie like a full story with like <laughs> edits and choices and this one was just like something's going on oh don't be so scared ah and then just like stabbing and murders and uh, random dog attacks uh but yeah i'm excited to talk about it i did not i'll be totally honest i did not watch rewatch the original for this podcast you fucker i just <laughs> I couldn't care. <laughs> that's how that's how much I loved the original is that I couldn't care enough to watch it again. But I did watch the remake again, and that movie's dope. <laughs> Joel, you hadn't seen either until no. recently, right? Yeah, and the, the original had been on like my to watch list for forever, basically. I remember there like AMC used to do I think it was AMC used to do like the best horror movies every year. And it was oh, always yeah. on the list. And it might have been, like, I, I remember seeing the scene of the, at the beginning of her being hung through the, like, mm-hmm. skylight. Yeah. Um, and then in grad school, in my lab, my lab manager is obsessed with horror movies and has, like, an entire bookcase of horror movies in the lab. Oh, was this she's a, like, was oh, the, at Cornell? Yeah. I was excited. I think I remember that book. Yeah, now. you saw it. You you <laughs> yeah. saw that and all of the Halloween decorations that were still yep. up in April. Yep. Um, those were the year round decorations, and then it's it crazier <laughs> this time of year. Um. But yeah, so that that was sitting on the shelf, and I always meant to take it home and watch it, and just never got around to it. So I was really happy that you asked me to do this because I finally have a good excuse to seek it out and watch it and. Yeah, so I, I watched the original first and then the remake this week and have, I don't know, I have thoughts about both of them. I don't know if we want to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, get like we, I, I mean, as you know, listener of our podcast, uh, we don't really do much by way of like outlining. It's yeah. just kind of like, <laughs> we'll just start talking and see what happens. So, yeah, let's hope you watched it before we start talking about it. That's kind of our yeah. approach. It's like, you know, the part we're talking about, right? Yeah probably um but yeah i mean if if you have anything like in particular you want to start off start us off with and we can just kind of see what happens yeah sure so the original 
I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's got a lot of uh, flaws. Maybe I don't, it shows its age a lot. Oh. Oh, um, yeah. But it's it's got some a couple genuinely like strong horror moments. Yeah, and like the in the beginning, the when uh, Pat is at her friend's apartment and looking out the window, like I was. That was some of the most tense I've felt it, watching a horror movie in a while. And then those yellow eyes flash, and it's like, oh, this is not going to be scary at all. <laughs> <laughs> but then the arm comes through, and then that's kind of like a... That actually got me to jump. Yeah. So there was a mix. You know, it kind of like flashes back and forth between great horror stuff and then stuff that is not aged well. Because sure. then, you know, that's followed by her friend running around yelling, there's a murderer. <laughs> Just, like, pounding on every single door, and everybody's yeah. like, fuck off, like, go away. I, I will like, say, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I like the idea that you hear your friend scream, and your immediate reaction is to pound on every door in your apartment <laughs> building screaming, there's a murderer. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to it's think, It's a like, good instinct to protect the ones you love. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't have been my go-to move, like, when we were living together. And if I heard, like, a scream coming from your room, I probably wouldn't have, like, ran out of our unit and started banging on the doors of all the other units. But I'm I mean, offended, may- but that's Maybe fine. I should have. I mean, yeah. like, it, it, luckily, it wasn't a thing that we had to deal with. But, um, no, I agree. I think the... <clears throat> I think the first one, like, the, the original starts off really strong in that way. Because I agree with you. I was like... Because I obviously I'd seen the the remake, so I knew that there was like something about the girl who left, and obviously the, we can talk about it a little bit later. And the, but the way it's played out in the 2018 version is totally different. But so I was like, I was expecting something to happen to her, but I had no idea what it was going to be. So like that whole sequence where she's just like in the bathroom, and like the window blows open, I like got a little bit of a jump, and then um, was like pretty tense. And yeah, like you said, when the the hand popped through, I was like, oh, okay, like, let's do this shit. And then, like, the stabbing, like, the gratuitous stabbing, I was like, okay, uh, no longer, (laughs) no longer very, very tense here. Like, this is just very goofy and very silly. And it was like, like, you could see it was like a, just a, like a dude's hand with just like a ton of hair. And I was like what like these are witches who's the what's happening here <laughs> and I then like was the romanian dude that's that was the only thing that i could guess was that they like somehow like possessed him or made him do it. i don't really know but yeah like it was just like very bizarre and then also it was like where is he like where is she standing like when because like like there's a shot where it's like outside the building you see her staring out the window and there's like literally no balcony or anything and then, like, this arm just comes through and eventually pulls her out. And then she's, like, on some sort of terrace or something. Like, does he drag her up to the ceiling? Or, I, I like, that, not that it matters, but that was, like, really bizarre. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, no, that was an issue that I noticed throughout the entire movie. Like, the sense of place is just yeah. completely absent. Like, especially at the end, I noticed it. There were times when uh, Susie's, like going into the witch's chambers and it looks like somebody's staring directly at her yeah but then she just moves on and it like they don't pursue her or anything so it's clear (laughs) that she wasn't being like you never really know how people relate to each other in space or where people are exactly yeah 
and even like that scene that you're talking about like it, it looks like it's just a long hallway and then she like finds a curtain that she can hide behind but then there's also like a hallway behind that curtain and then also a door behind that and then also a whole nother room behind that and you're like wait what what is this like underground labyrinth that they've got going on here um but yeah i like i there was a lot of stuff in the original that I like there were a few moments where it was like pretty tense uh but there were also a lot of moments that were just like deeply gross which is another thing I really like in horror um and I think like I was really excited to see what else we were gonna get when it started so like the stabbing was gratuitous at the beginning and then the shot where like somehow her chest cavity is open and the (laughs) the knife just goes directly into the heart you're like what um but then when she, like, falls through the ceiling and, like, gets hung that way, and then the camera just, like, pans from, like, the blood on the floor underneath her to, like, her friend, and her friend just has, like, <laughs> like that's, like, like uh, rebar or whatever just, like, impaled her, and then just, like, a giant shard of glass cutting her face in half. I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be dope. Um, and there's a lot of like gross shit like that um, in the original, which I really appreciated. Like the maggot scene was oh. disgusting. Yeah. I I specifically made one note that just says maggot crunch. Yeah. Oh god. Because <laughs> like I was watching it when she was just like combing her hair, and you could see something was falling, and I like you couldn't tell what it was. So I was like, oh maybe there's just a leak, and it's just some rain. Like it's been raining this whole movie basically. And then when you realize, like, it looks up, there's that shot where it, like, looks up at the ceiling, and it's just a fuck ton of maggots crawling around, and it's, like, dropping on that girl's face. I literally shuddered in my house, like, oh, God, no, I don't, I don't want this. It's so gross. Um, but yeah, I do, like, the things that I tend to like in horror are, like, moments that make me feel uncomfortable, whether that's, like, a disturbing visual or just like a really like tense scene or like in the witch, like just the whole mood of that movie is just like really unsettling. And the whole time, like there's nothing like, I mean, there are a few, but like there's very few like traditionally scary things in the witch, but like just the whole time you're just like, I feel weird. Like I feel like I shouldn't be watching this. Like the way they're talking is uncomfortable. Like I just, I I'm unsettled by this. Um, and that's the type of stuff that I generally enjoy in horror and I look for in horror movies. And so I think that's part of why the original Suspiria worked so well for me, because it did give me a lot of that stuff where I was just like, you this is gross, even though it's pretty ridiculous and pretty silly. And like when the dog attacks the dude, <laughs> it's like so obviously like a hand puppet that's just like kind of made out to sort of look like a German shepherd. And it's just like on his <laughs> neck or like... I mean, this looks bad, but also that's pretty fucked up. So good on you, yeah. Dario. <laughs> the other scene that really did that for me was when I think it's Sarah is getting pursued, oh, and yeah. she goes in that room, and it, it again starts off kind of ridiculous. Whoever is coming at her is like trying to undo jiggle the lock with yeah. a knife or a razor blade or something, <laughs> and having such a hard time with it. <laughs> Much harder than it could possibly be. I was going to say, like, there were so many shots of it just, like, 
lit, like it, like the lock lifted, and then the knife just gave up. It was like, yeah. "What are you doing? Like you're you're there, uh, man." Lock. Just... Interesting. But the steel <laughs> can't cut steel. <laughs> but then she jumps out the window, and it pans down, and she's just in a massive room of razor wire. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> I thought that was yeah, because I was definitely not expecting that, and it also like. It was fun to watch because you were just like, oh, shit, that's intense, and she's definitely going to die now. But also, like, she was moving around a lot in that razor wire, and there were not a lot of cuts on her body. So I was like, eh, we maybe could have done a little better with some fake blood here. But... Yeah. Um, I do they used appreciate... it all for all the other scenes where it's just gushing. Yeah. Gushing. <laughs> I do appreciate in that uh, sequence, though, like when the ghost specter witch whatever with like the yellow eyes finally catches up to her in the razor wire and we just get that like close-up zoom in of like the razor going across the neck and it's just like that was so gross yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah I, th- I i enjoyed that i also thought that the way they they paid off the like the coven aspect was really fun and i think like and we can talk more about how they're different later but um i like the like she goes out and talks to those guys and finds out that like also the way they say uh occult um was really funny every single time either one of them said that was really hilarious and it was extra funny when the it was the older dude the guy who like wrote the book and like very very clearly did not speak english yeah (laughs) like that was maybe one of the worst instances of the adr situation um but anyway when he's like yeah if you kill like if you kill the leader of the coven they're all like that's it um and so i like the 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 way that this this one kind of resolved where she was just like oh okay i'm just gonna stab you right through the neck and then you just like see all the other witches like oh god like something got stabbed in someone's neck and now we're all feeling it and then they all just like burn to death i was like okay that's pretty dope i'd never seen that in like a witch like you know a witch story before i i, I was i always just kind of assumed that it was like okay if the leader of the coven dies someone else becomes the leader of the coven um but i thought that was like a fun a fun way to resolve it in in the original but dumb i thought it was dumb really (laughs) yeah i think it's just like lazy i think most well sure i mean like here's what i'm gonna say fun shit but my next pick for the uh podcast is alphaville which is a 1960s movie uh and i just don't like old movies and uh, I think that's a bad opinion's been clear on this podcast. But I think stuff like that where it's just like, and then, I don't know, what's a quick way to resolve this? And it's like, uh, she runs into the lead witch, and then before anything bad can happen, she just, she kills her, and then it's over. And it's like, <laughs> like this is Like, that's the climax, is like, it worked. Everything worked, and now she's out, and it's on fire, and she won. And it's like, that's not that what (laughs) but i i also have like a problem in general with slashers of just like the expectations of like hey what's that oh i guess it was nothing oh it was over here ah i'm dead like and that back and forth i just get so bored by uh so i'm like not also the best person to like judge a slasher as like fun or not because i think most of them are boring i think friday the 13th is boring i think halloween is boring. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> those, terrible. 
<laughs> and I don't even a, care. Such a bad take. <laughs> I just think they're so, like, God, just like show me something that I shouldn't be seeing, which I will agree with that. Of like, uh, there are movies like The Witch uh, or the remake of Suspiria where there you feel like, oh, I should not be seeing this. Like, this is something otherworldly that I've, like, accidentally stumbled upon, and I shouldn't be part of this. Uh, and I don't feel like that with any slashers, or with the original Suspiria. I'm just like, yeah, this is a movie, and you were like, oh, but what if the blood was very thick? And it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess that's scary. Like, whoa, and then the hand is, it pops out, and it grabs her, and you're like, yeah, sure. Like, that's what scary things do. It just feels so, like, like, yeah, this is expect. This is what you have to deliver on, uh, and I just, yeah, I just don't care that much about it. <laughs> I think that's fair, and I, I, I get where you're coming from because I think generally I agree with that in horror. Like, I don't like they're they're fun to watch in the moment, like, um, but they don't ever stick with me, right? Like, there's like that yeah. hour and a half where I'm in the theater where like I might jump a couple times, I might be tense a couple times. But when I leave the theater, I'm like, okay, I'll probably never think about that movie again. Um, whereas, like, the ones where, I, like, like you were saying, you see something you're not supposed to, like, that feeling or that image just will stay lodged in my brain forever. And so I do think that there's elements of the original Suspiria that get to what you're saying. But, as I said earlier, I think there are also elements of the, like, unsettling other stuff that, like, yeah. I, I appreciated in this one, but... Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you have to grade older movies on a bit of a curve too. And sure, I mean, you that might mean that you don't want to rewatch them a bunch. But I think, like, I can totally see how this became a classic because there's just enough of that, like, really iconic stuff that's happening in it that clearly inspired later movies. That you know, like the the remake looks a lot better. You know, and it built on a lot of things that I think themes that were left unexplored in the original movie, but it's got kind of the some of the core elements that were able to be improved on later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can take that as a uh, jumping off point if we want to kind of transition to talking about the the remake oh, for a little bit. Or there was you, one I mean, more thing that I wanted to touch on with the original, which was the music. Oh, fuck, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, so good, and it just, like, completely takes over at some points. Like, yeah. it, it just becomes basically the the soundtrack and the visuals. It's yep. it's really incredible. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, because I meant to say something about that. So Matt mentioned our friend Jack earlier, um, and that was, like, Jack likes these movies, though he will admit that they're bad. Um which is fine. Like, you know, we all love those. Uh, there were some scenes in the original Suspiria that like super reminded me of the room. <laughs> like just like really bad dialogue with really bad ADR and just like really just dumb shit. And I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, it's, it's been too long. I need to go see the room again. Uh, but anyway, um, one of Jack's things was that like, Cause I think I like, I was talking to him, Jack and I used to work in the same like office, like our desks were right next to each other. And so I was talking to him about this new Suspiria 
and they made an announcement that Tom York uh, from Radiohead was going to do the music for the new one. And he, I remember him being like really bummed about that because he's like, the, the music for the first one is so good. And the band is just called Goblin and it's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And like, I, I remember that he said that to me. And then obviously I never saw the original. So I just kind of like forgot about it. And then like the first time you hear the music, in the, like when I was watching the movie last night, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Jack said this was dope. And guess what? It is dope. Like it's so good and so tense. Um, yeah, I the music for the set, the first one is like maybe the best thing about the first one or the original. Yeah. Also, the original is part of a trilogy, so I haven't seen the other two. Yeah, the three mothers that are referenced three in mothers. the... Oh, yeah. I guess that does make sense. I think I read that somewhere and was like, okay, I'm not going to watch these other two. So yeah. I think it's like, I'll forget mo- about that. <laughs> I think it's like Mother of Tears and Inferno are the other two bookends. Or they come after Suspiria or something? Uh, yeah, Inferno is in 1980, so three years after uh, the original Suspiria. And then the other one is the Mother of Tears in 2007. So God. <laughs> just 30 years later. <laughs> you got to wrap like, it up. Dario Argento is still making... He's still alive. Okay, that's yeah. cool. It's good to know. <laughs> and his daughter, too. What? His daughter, too. And they're all making movies. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the, the remake. Um, Matt, get you a little bit more involved. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm ready. Uh Joel, you seemed not that jazzed about the, the remake, <laughs> which is fine. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Because I think... Um, when I saw it the first time, I focused a lot, like when I was leaving, like I got back to my car and I was driving home from the theater and sidebar, remember when we could go to movie theaters? Remember, remember when no, that was a thing? No, I don't. <laughs> movie theater? Movie theaters? Um, but yeah, so like what stuck with me were like, there's a few sequences in this one that are like so upsetting uh, Matt, you mentioned earlier the first dance sequence. So not when um, Susie's auditioning, but when Susie's like, she volunteers to dance the lead and that one thing. And Volk. like, uh, yeah, and all of her movements are just like totally wrecking Olga in that yeah. like, mirror room. Yeah. Twisting her up. Just like, I remember sitting in the theater and like, it was at uh, an AMC that has like the reclining seats. And so I was reclined, but as soon as, like, Olga started, like, bending and, like, like there was that one shot where, like, her, the, like, the side of her body, like, her rib cage kind of, like, pops out of, like, a little bit. Yeah. And I remember, like, Ooh. I was reclined and I, like, sat up and, like, curled into a little ball. <laughs> I was just like, Ugh! like, oh, my God. Um, and so there are a lot of, like, I, I was just, like, focusing on those moments, like that one obviously the end which we'll talk a little bit more later but um just like how unbelievably fucked up the ending is um and like the actual performance of volk with the stuff that's going on underneath the um the building with sarah like all of those things were the ones that like stuck with me and that's why i was like yeah this movie fucking rules and as i was watching it again last night i was like those moments are still awesome and those moments are still super effective but there's a lot of shit in here that just like is not really that necessary and or doesn't really work that well. I think, and I we, we Matt, you and I talked about this with Doctor Sleep last year, mm-hmm. where it's like I think there's 
like a two hour, two hour and ten minute version of Doctor Sleep that's really fucking good. But the version we got is just like a two and a half hour bloated, pretty good. And after rewatching the Suspiria, I kind of feel a similar vibe where it's like there are parts of this movie that are really fucking awesome. And I think those parts elevate it for me. But there's a lot like a lot of the historical stuff that's going on with like the like the like the political stuff and the the insurgency and all that other stuff like i just i like it it doesn't feel like it's a part of this movie like i think the the character the um doctor i can't remember his last name but um like the doctor character what klemperer klemperer thank you um like, all of that stuff, I feel like it does kind of flow together with everything else. But all the stuff outside of it, I was just like, eh, I guess, like, maybe, sort of. It just mostly felt tacked on. And I think we could probably lose that. And I think I would have appreciated a lot more of this. But I don't it, know. it could have been, like, the focus of, like, a six hour miniseries. Sure. To flesh all of that out or just cut it. Yeah, yeah. and And, and I do, like, the two-hour version of this movie instead. At first, I, like, really appreciated it being there, because, like, I did have the thought watching the first movie, like, oh, this is, like, not that long after World War II, and it's taking place in Germany. And it's just, like, completely ignored in the first movie, and it actually is a part of this movie, which is interesting. But, yeah, it, it, it doesn't ever feel, like, given its due time. Mm hmm um, yeah, I, I don't really know what it's for, like, right. and I and I don't necessarily. I think I liked it, um, but the, throughout the thing, I just kept thinking, like, what what is the larger narrative tie from both World War Two, like uh, concentration camps, to the Berlin Wall, to witchcraft? Like, what? How do the three inform each other? And the only hint is that when, uh, late, late in the movie, Klemperer is uh, led back to the coven by who what he thinks is his wife, but is really just, like, a phantasm that he's been made to see. And they're like, you didn't believe the girls. Like, like when a woman tells you that she's in danger, you believe her and you, like, help her out. But mm-hmm. you didn't do anything. Like, you, you say it's delusions. And they, like, drag him off to be a witness to this thing. Uh, but... That was like, oh, is that a, like, is the movie about this man who, when confronted with women in danger, passes the buck to say, like, someone else is the one that had more control over the situation, or, like, they're not in their right mind, and they're, like, seeing delusions and stuff, instead of just trusting and helping them, and, like, his wife is gone. But that even feels nice. It doesn't feel like he resulted in her being taken. It's just like he wasn't effective enough to protect her. So even, I'm so not entirely sure how it comes together. The the one thing that I read, which I think is a pretty generous interpretation, is <laughs> uh, a theme of, like, abuses of power. So how the, like, the Marcos sect of the coven... And this wasn't ever really shown, but it's clearly implied that they're, like, being bad witches in some right. way. Like, they're, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're deserving of punishment as witch, witches, um, and the parallels to abuses of power, you know, basically by Nazis. 
and then the interpretation of the end being that like okay Klemperer didn't abuse his power but he never used it to help others either so he doesn't need shame and guilt I, I yeah. very very kind of tortured there's some there's clearly some idea about you know who has power and who uses it or abuses it but it it's yeah. really and she, and she seems mad about the whole thing i i mean i think i think we could talk about the ending and how it readjusts everything before it in a way that Suspir- the original Suspiria doesn't the original Suspiria is like this girl Susie is mm-hmm. in danger right you in danger yeah. girl and like she has to survive and then does by like killing the lead witch and being like I'm free I'm free and in this one it's a very different turn yeah and that Susie is mother Suspiria or Suspiriorum yeah. and uh, summons a demon? I think so. Death, to do her bidding? Death. Death itself. Summons him up. Um, and that recontextual... Come on up, bud. Come on up. You've been Go holding ham. on too long. Go ham, dude. Yeah. And, like, and that, I think, changes a lot of, like, uh, I think even, like, the, the perspective throughout this movie is different from Suspiria, where Suspiria, it's them watching her and being, like, we're gonna get her and her being like something's up something's going on and in this one every time she does something they're all surprised by how good it is by how like she knows these spells just kind of inherently and like that's a really interesting dynamic for them to constantly be like are you looking at what i'm looking at how is she doing this what is this yeah uh and like the ending then retroactively like explains a lot of this like who were they voting for what who did they trust why were they putting so much faith in mother marcos instead of the three mothers which i think is the crime that was also very vague of like what did they do i think it was said at one point that marcos claimed to be one of the three mothers and so that was a lie gotcha and instead of like feeding the real mother instead of like trying to like find her they were like it's marcos and she was like yeah it's me and that was the problem i think okay Um, yeah vague it was vague (laughs) which is fine that's a good word for it (laughs) well the the other thing that it recontextualized that i mean there was a lot that i did like about this movie um one problem that actually seems like less of a problem after seeing the end was i never felt afraid for Susie in this movie like it it never seemed like there's no sense of dread of what was going to happen to her and that that becomes okay because there she was never in any danger it it makes (laughs) more sense but as a like a horror movie I think you probably want to think that a little bit even if you're in for a twist yeah and I like I think they do try and do that with like the like they're clearly like like that weird like glimmer thing that happens and she like mm-hmm. they're like putting those weird dreams in her head so it's like you you kind of like it's like they are trying to say like oh something like these witches are doing something to her 
But like you said, Joel, it's never like, okay, I'm never like scared for her. Cause like she wakes up the next day and is like, yeah, okay, fine. Like that was yeah. some weird shit I dreamt about last night, but whatever. Whereas like you can tell, like, I, I mean, I was able to tell pretty early on in the original, like they were definitely drugging her. Right? Like they were yeah. like, like it was pretty clear that like, all, like her special meal was like fucked up somehow. And then she would like barely be able to stay awake when Sarah's like literally shaking her body. It was like, okay, something's definitely going on here. So like you kind of get shades of that in this new one, but you're right. It never like fully makes you scared, which again is recontextualized by the end and that's fine, but it does make watching that like first, you know, hour and a half to two hours of the movie, not really much of a horror movie. Um, or at least like in, in more uh, traditional sense, it's definitely more of like a, a mood piece that mm. is kind of uncomfortable with some pretty fucked up imagery. Um, but it's not really like a scary movie, uh, which is fine, but yeah. And maybe that's why I like this one more. Sure. Is just because it, it's so unlike what a horror movie is expected to be until mm. those moments. But like, I think the moments that it does take it so far of like the horror of what you're watching in that first da- dance death, uh, <laughs> and not even death, just like prolonged agony of like uh, Olga like peeing herself and like coughing up bile because like her body is twisted to a point where it's just like letting loose is so awful and so grotesque. And then to follow that up with like, and now we're gonna put hooks in her is like, yeah, oh my that god! Was, I I was so <laughs> glad when they stopped showing each individual hook because I saw there's a, there's like four more people to go. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like that that felt like a seventies horror. A lot of this feels like a seventies horror movie, but that mm-hmm. specifically of like the edits of like raise the hook up, cut away, yep. cut back hook insert like oh, cut yeah. and then, like the back and forth of like the big presentation of the hook and then the swing down uh brutal and very like in the style of these movies i was gonna say so i the only movie i had seen of luca guadagnino was call me by your name and part of what i was like yeah suspiria looks pretty fun and interesting and like I'll go see a horror movie in October. Although I think it came out in November, which was an interesting choice by Amazon, but whatever. Um, But I was just like, part of why I was so interested was like, I got to see what the dude who did call me by your names, immediate follow-up. That is a horror movie. I have to see what that's like. And so, um, I mean, we've talked, my opinions on call me by your name are fairly well known at this point. But, um, I, one of the things that it struck me about this was, like, how, like, playful the camera was. Um, like, there's a lot of, like, fun, like, the camera's whipping around or the camera's doing these, like, slow pans, um, which is, like, there's just a lot more of, like, that kind of style in this movie uh, than Call Me By Your Name. Ha- like, Call Me By Your Name had style, don't get me wrong. It's just, like, this is, like, a totally different kind of style or at least, like, filmmaking style, um, which I think, like, was fun to watch. And also, like you said, felt like it was, like, a very clear homage to the type of stuff that, like, those 70s horror movies did. Um, And I think it was really fun because I watched these two literally back-to-back last night. So, like, you could see a lot of, especially, like, when Susie first gets to the Academy, there's, like, the weird, like, 
like the camera cuts and zooms in on like a weird thing and like yeah. it zooms in on her face and there's a lot of like fun camera movement that's pretty it's happening pretty consistently in the original one and like they lose a lot of that stuff as the the remake goes on but it was fun to like like see the the original and then have this new one do that kind of weird shit like right away um, yeah even when she volunteers to dance the lead the camera has to find her it like mm-hmm. starts on one end of the room and then like it looks like unmounts and then swings slowly and was like where's Susie? okay there she is and like zooms in <laughs> which is also like fun to like that's the perspective of the witches of like the teachers to be like who said that but i think uh if i watched uh or i've been watching uh we are who we are which is luca guadagnino's hbo show um that feels very similar uh cinematic like film wise to mm-hmm call me by your name it's like a lot of the same close-ups of objects that aren't moving a lot of the same like watching people on bikes and then swinging the camera to continue watching them like genuinely it's like people are biking everywhere and this camera just like follows them and then like whips to continue uh the rest of the shot and like those little things are in suspiria which i was like oh like this is luca guadagnino's style is like Mm -hmm. a lot of still photography to set the atmosphere of a place and then uh using the camera to kind of uh put you in the room to like find things with your own eyes or like watch somebody pass uh so those little little things were really those little motifs were very cool to see tracked across call me by your name suspiria and uh we are who we are uh and like even tom york suspiria is like this movie's mystery of love. So there's a lot of like, <laughs> this is the dark, call me by your name. <laughs> like, call me by your name is like, no stakes, everyone's happy, everyone's super educated, and like, mom knows what's up, all the people know what's up. Everyone's just like, we're just having a free and easy summer. And this is like, harsh winter, many secrets, no one knows anything. But feels like a Luca Guadagnino film and there's like close-ups of books and like close-ups of uh shoes like all those things uh still exist but yeah I think there's a lot of fun shots in this um I'm trying to think of some other ones that were like bizarre I think the montage of the nightmares was pretty cool that was like the ring where it was like what's happening what's that centipede doing (laughs) Well, yeah, and it was, like, you, like, there were scenes, like, there were, like, shots in those dream sequences that you were, like, okay, this feels like it's it's part of, her, like, Susie's history, and then there's stuff that's, like, okay, I think we've already seen that in this movie, and then there's stuff that's, like, okay, maybe we'll see this later in the movie, but mm-hmm. then there's stuff that, like, you think you're gonna see later in the movie, and you definitely don't see later in the movie, and so it's just, like, this really, like, disorienting hodgepodge of shit um, that, yeah, I thought was, like, pretty effective, um, but yeah, I don't really know where I was going with I, that, but <laughs> I loved how one of the other students is like, you have been having nightmares. I, I dreamt of hairballs and toilets for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like the first time when she like 
screams and they like there's a couple like three or four girls go into her room and there's one who's just like oh yeah pretty standard operating procedure around these parts i was like yeah the fuck as opposed to running around and slamming on everyone's doors yelling that there's a murderer there's a murderer in this one they're like oh that's old hat yeah like we've just all the been there dream. <laughs> no one questioned Yo- that everybody had the same dream of a hairball in a toilet before she got there you'll get over it it's just the building settling Yikes. um the uh i love the line that tilda swinton delivers which also we'll talk about tilda swinton obviously. i was gonna say <laughs> um, it, can't, it can't be a podcast with matt on it where tilda's anyway remotely involved mm-hmm. without spending at least five minutes talking about her <laughs> our mother i would die for her um but like I love, I think my favorite line in the whole movie is when Olga runs off and she's pissed uh, that they're like covering everything up and not talking about Patricia uh, before she gets twisted into oblivion. God bless. And Tilda Swinton just shakes her hands off and is like, it's a hot thing we do. And it's so funny and so true of exactly what that teacher would say. It's a hot thing we do. It's like every drama teacher, every acting coach is like, yeah, you know, it just sometimes emotions will get the best of you. I thought it was so funny. I, I literally just wrote that, wrote that quote down. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. Uh, speaking of hilarious Tilda moments in this movie, mm-hmm. if we can jump ahead to the climax or post climax yeah <laughs> epilogue after she's been nearly beheaded <laughs> and the other witch just kind of lifts her head up a little bit and she just gives this like glance and that's it that's the end of her character yeah yep save I it th- for the sequel it's so fun because like it's like that and we can talk more about that but like that whole like climactic seance ritual whatever the fuck is happening down there is so fucked up and like just deeply disturbing and like all of those shots of marcos and like her body is just like terrible just the most disgusting just just lesions and baby limbs i was gonna say like there's one part i I missed this the first time i saw the movie but when i rewatched it last night there's like a whole like baby arm just like attached to her arm it's so gross and she like finally stands up out of her wheelchair and just like makes like a hacking movement and just like joel said mostly cuts off tilda swinton's character's head (laughs) but doesn't fully do the job and so yeah like I think it's, like, when her head, like, more or less is connected. Like, when they lift her head up and it, like, touches her body again, she's like, oh. And then the woman, <laughs> like, drops her head and falls down again. It's like, okay, well. All right, I guess we'll we'll figure out something to do with this later. <laughs> you seem good here. Like, we'll just, we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, my God, that whole sequence at the end. Let's is... just talk about it, because there's okay. so much in it. I was gonna this... say, Joel, I'm just go off, man. Go off. Yeah. <laughs> this it nearly ruined the entire movie for me. Whoa. To be honest. <laughs> I it the concept is so cool and I'm trying to decide if it was done bad on purpose. It's so <laughs> terrible. Startedly like slow motion high frame rate moving stuff that starts with Susie right before she walks down there and then mm-hmm. it's just like 
okay, we're going for uh, an aesthetic of bad filmmaking, <laughs> cheap filmmaking. <laughs> like it's such a like wonderful, like beautifully shot. Even like the horrible stuff with like Olga mm-hmm. is shot really nicely. And then it just like so. Just before that, I got worried when Sarah's down below and finds Pat. And yeah. the, like, makeup and prosthetics on her are not very good. <laughs> yeah. And, it's and a then, little rough. <laughs> and then you just get distracted because somebody else is down there that doesn't have any hands or feet. Yeah. And that seems way more important. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the just... <clears throat> it clearly was a stylistic choice, but it was bad. Like, the effects <laughs> were bad. It... They like su- he suddenly made it look all very cheap, and then just the dark red filter on everything, so you can barely see what's going on. I mean, I liked everything that was happening. It was such it was so cool to like have that reveal, and then just have this like death demon show up and start exploding <laughs> people. <laughs> and I real what I really liked about the sequence was then. Like, the first people, couple people got exploded, and then it started being, like, cutting to them casting their vote, standing in yeah. front of a blank wall, and then back to them getting exploded. Like, that was really cool, but <laughs> I don't know if, like, their effects budget was just non-existent, or... They ran out. <laughs> or if that was, like, literally meant to be a sort of throwback to the original... Of, like, cheaper effects, but it wasn't 70s effects, it was, like, early 90s effects, and it ended up reminding me of, like, not quite, like, an Asylum movie, but something something that would, like, be shown on, like, a straight-to-DVD movie, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so, when I was watching it last night, I was wondering, like... Maybe, maybe the choice to do the red was, uh, like, a ratings decision. I did think that, too, yeah. Because, like, if all of those people were just exploding with blood and it was in, like, normal, like, a normal color palette, or at least normal for this movie, um, I could see the, like, the ratings board being like, yeah, nah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, this will not fly for that R rating that you're looking for. So, and I I, I don't know, obviously, but, like, that was one thing I thought of. Because it's, like, the, the switch to the color red is, like, definitely a choice. And I think if it wasn't, like, a dark red, where you could still... Mo- like, if it was just red and you could mostly see what was going on, you'd be like, okay, yeah, like, I understand that artistic choice. But the fact that it was the particular shade that they did made me think that even more than an artistic choice, there, like, I think there was something else going on there. And again, I have no idea, but that was kind of what I thought. As if I it was, like, a it. bright red and it was all in red and black... Yeah. That, w- that could have been incredible. You know, like basically a red and black version of kill bill yeah mm-hmm. for sure 100 percent. Yeah. yeah yeah it just I, made I, it difficult to see yeah and i think i remember it not having that red because later when they're cleaning up all the bodies yeah. it's just <laughs> whatever lighting that chamber has and it's just like very gross it's just like a pile of like dead ass bodies <laughs> with lots of blood all over the place and that like looked grisly and i think i put that 
shot across the entire scene to be mm-hmm. like, oh, it was really visually grisly. And it is, but, like, you really only see one person, like, pop properly yeah. towards the end when it's just, like, the whole right side of the frame is this body exploding from the middle up. Uh, but everything else is so covered that you can't really tell what's happening. I could see the filmmaking being uh, less than desirable. I found the just the I think it looked a lot like uh, and we don't have to talk about the movie but Hereditary's finale of like things were like people were in positions that made me uncomfortable and like the human pulpit that is like three people leaning against each other as like the the throat singer is leaning forward and like holding the hands it was so (laughs) awful just like a human people being positioned like objects and like dancing and twirling was like very upsetting to me even if it was shot with like a weird frame rate it was like it did its job of like gross i hate this yeah i because i i agree i think like i loved the ending of this movie um and i everything you're saying joel is spot on like it is like very it feels like a totally different movie than anything else that came before um but i just like yeah the whole moment i felt very uncomfortable like the entire time i was just like ugh, and like the fact that it like they brought all the girls out to dinner and like yeah eat what you want drink what you want we're totally gonna fucking like take over your brains for a little bit it's fine have a great night and and like the payoff at the like in the next day when the girls like oh i had way too much to drink last night it's like girl like if only you knew (laughs) um so like i thought that was like really fun that they're just like like we're gonna get these girls and we're totally going to hypnotize them and just make them do this like very like all of the dancing i think that was one choice that i really liked in this movie um not that like like, the ballet thing in the first one was fine. It didn't really serve much of a purpose at all, which is not, you know, like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that this one, like, it's not ballet. It's more, like, modern dance. And it's all, like, all of the movements were very, like, very jagged and just, like, very, yeah. like, quick. Um, and so I think when you've got, like, just the, the, like the, 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 the place that they're in, right? Like, it's, like, she's... Like, the Marcos and Blanc and Susie slash Superiorum are all just kind of, like, up in that upper area. And you just kind of, like, see what's in front of them. And there's, like, um, Klemperer is just kind of, like, laying there witnessing all of this, but just, like, not really doing anything. It's just like, ah! I'm innocent, I'm innocent. (laughs) There are guilty men in Berlin, but I am not one of them. (laughs) And then, like, all the women of the dance team are just like doing this like really un uncomfortable dance that they're just like rah, 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 rah. and then there's like the pedestal that you were talking about and then there's all like the the coven of witches that are all just like sitting there chanting and it's just like all of this is so uncomfortable and i don't like it and yeah. then when things start exploding i'm like oh no i do like this i really i really yeah. like this yeah it would be cool if i could see it a little bit better but like i know what's happening and i can see that these bodies are exploding and blood is flying everywhere and it's awesome yeah also i turned on uh subtitles because i couldn't understand what mother marcos was saying yeah it's and i think that's tilda swinton too it yeah. is yeah she's yeah. so she's 
obviously Blanc, and she's Klemperer, and she's uh, Marcos. Those are the yeah. three that she is. Oh, that makes so much more sense now. I did not know that she was Klemperer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I meant to That's look awesome. it up because I was like, this, this dude is a good actor, but his voice is weird. Oh, my God. That's so cool that you didn't even realize it. It's yeah. people. No, that makes on, so much sense. Yeah, early on, the casting was like, she's playing Madame Blanc. And then every, all the set photos came out of this like little old man. And they were like, who is that? Is that Tilda Swinton? And then they were like, no, we found this little German man. And he this is his first performance. And then everyone was like, that's tilda swinton though we know that's tilda swinton and they're like no it's this little german doctor who uh but that's cool that you actually didn't know uh it was i mean yeah it it was a little bit uncanny valley of like i knew something was weird (laughs) yeah yeah and now hands are too small yeah well because like i feel like they did a pretty good job with that character's makeup um like it you're right. Like there was like I can tell something's off, but for the most part, like usually when like when he's just sitting there and he's not talking, the mouth was the thing that like really was like kind of gave it away. And that that actually in the beginning, I thought that they were doing a, like an eighty yard callback. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Like, we'll um, just have a couple moments. We know just what we're a few. Doing, yeah, but. I mean, like it's just going to be a fun little nod to the to the people who've seen the original. Um, but I like for the most part, I thought that the the makeup for that character was pretty solid. But yeah, anytime like you would see the hands, that was the one where I was like, oh no no no, these are definitely not like an old man's hands. Like these are like it's a woman's hands that they're trying to make, you know, look like an old man and that like that never really passed muster for me but yeah it's uh klemperer is credited officially in the cast list as lutz ebersdorf um but it is <laughs> it is tilda that that makes so much more sense now. yeah tilda's in that scene three times yeah, yeah i was gonna say crazy. can you imagine like what would like those like i guess she was never in any of the same shots so they probably could have pulled it off right but, but yeah uh just cuts off her so, own head yeah but i guess is like are they both on camera when that happens Cause I, I, I don't think I, so probably because i was gonna say i think like the marcos makes like the slash moment like mm-hmm. on like on camera but then i think it cuts to tilda and you see like what happens so i don't think they're ever on camera at the same which obviously like can be done like i've seen the parent trap i know that this is a thing that works but um we have technology we we literally have the technology and we've had it for for many years Um, i've seen dead ringers and sometimes jeremy irons is a ghost because they didn't do it right and he just (laughs) is floating off the frame so (laughs) it can be done wrong even though we have the technology to do it right but I, yeah, I was more just thinking like if they all were in the same frame, like that would just be such a nightmare. Because can you imagine how much time she spent in the makeup chair between those oh. other two characters? <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> be like, make sure that my fake penis looks realistic while uh, later the baby arms hanging off of my <laughs> stomach also look realistic. Do you think they use the same prosthetic? Yeah, probably. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you got a baby arm. <laughs> but actually, you do have a baby arm. <laughs> the uh, Oh, but I turned on the subtitles, and during that finale, the subtitles are just sobbing, moaning, gasping, whimpering, and, like, that 
they find a million ways to say what those sounds are. And all of them are like, yeah, people are sobbing. People yeah. are moaning and gasping and whimpering. I, so I didn't turn them on. That does not surprise me, though. But there was, like, one moment where they're all just, like, making that, like, scream cry noise in mm-hmm. unison. And I was like, oh, this reminds me of Midsommar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is dope. Like <laughs> here's, here's my uh, pitch for either a three series three movie like uh what do you call it like a double feature like a triple feature <laughs> uh <laughs> took me a minute i just had to get there. like a double feature but three yeah. what do you call that thing where you know you know a double feature what do you is call that trilogy thing when, when there's more than one more than two oh, what is, the name what is of it that? a threefer i almost a called threefer. it a threefer god i wish you would have uh but I was thinking you would go in time order, so you would watch uh, oldest chronologically set to newest, and you uh-huh. could either do The Witch, Suspiria, Black Swan, or oh. The Witch, Suspiria, Midsummer. But it's along the same lines of, like, the Black Swan one would be like, no, it was a delusion, but it's about how invested these dancers are and how crazy this one girl goes yeah uh whereas midsummer follows the theme of like you will be embraced by a coven of <laughs> evil witches i don't know i think you could make it a four for yeah, yeah i was gonna say <laughs> i mean let's be honest we're all stuck at home we're not really doing much and this winter is about to be the worst winter of our lives so like let's yeah. just yeah really what yeah. The worst winter yeah. of our lives yet. So far, to this point, yeah. yeah. So, like... Yeah, don't let's... discredit 2021 being a total trash fire, too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, let's just, like, really dry, steer into the skid on that one and just make ourselves yeah. feel fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing is that, like, the magic of uh, Black Swan is proven to be false. That, like, there was no... No one was out to get her except herself, and now she's going to deal with the consequences whereas midsummer and i mean even hereditary are all about this like there is a secret organization you are the one we've been looking for and you're our new friend and you're gonna (laughs) uh raise evil with us oh i also want to make sure i say my mom would hate (laughs) suspiria the new one like the original she'd be like this is gross and dumb and the new one, she would honestly curse. She would be like, this is an evil movie. This is wrong. Like, this movie is something you should never have shown me. Uh, for, like, many reasons, but, like, especially the finale, she would be like, what have you brought onto this house? <laughs> she would, yeah, she would not be into this in a I big mean, way. Such a sweetheart. God bless if her. If that's not the sign of a good horror movie, what is? Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> I agree with that. My brother watched Devil's Advocate and was like, that was, I feel dirty afterward. And then I was like, that thing has pretty bad reviews, so I don't know if that one deserves feeling too bad. <laughs> I don't think any smart evil person made that one was was it uh did he feel dirty because of keanu's accent probably I in think. that movie i was to say i've never seen uh, that movie, i got I'm, the case uh, i'm familiar with how he talks in that movie so i i feel like that checks out <laughs> um another thing just like total 
non sequitur that I thought was fun uh when the one weird witch who's just always kind of off on her own and kind of standing in like space and then running off she just stands up and just totally fucking stabs herself in the neck and everyone's like oh my god oh my god stop the bleeding it's so bizarre at first i thought that was they were just gonna like not react and that would be like a relatively normal thing to happen at dinner oh god Par for the course shit going on here. Yeah. Um, the... Margo stabbed herself again. <sighs> Get her cleaned up. Yeah. Patch it up. <laughs> um, I also, the, um, I really like the sequence where, so, so like the one thing that kind of got the closest to like a traditional, like scary moment where I was kind of tense um, was when Susie or uh, Sarah is under the school trying to like figure stuff out and like yeah the the prosthetics weren't great but you could just like see that weird body moving in the background with no hands and you're like oh like is that gonna get her and so there's that like moment of tension and then when she's just like walking down that hallway and you're like oh god what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and you just see these dark spots appear on the floor and i didn't realize what they were until you find out that it's a hole and she steps in one and breaks yeah, her leg and the bone bad. sticks out and it's like oh, oh god oh no 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 and when they find her and just like cover the bone with skin but like don't actually fix her and then they just like put her in a trance and just make her go up and keep dancing and the whole time she's like there you just know oh god that whole sequence was so uncomfortable and so tense and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that b- bone breaking and then j- them just like appearing over her. Yeah. What a nightmare. Um, I, I really do love the mythology that like they do explore a little more in this one of like mm-hmm. these beings, these mothers, which are darkness, tears and size, which is like, okay <laughs> that's a combo all right moody uh yeah what moody yeah yeah wow um but that they're pre-christian that they're like yeah ancient primordial forces uh i thought was really cool because it it does take this movie's like myth into a different realm than like it's witches and they love the devil and the devil gives them power. It's like, that's so boring. So why not make it like the words that we're saying sound like gibberish because they're too old for you to know. And uh, the energy that flows through us is like ancient. It's passed through every time period. It's like withstood horrible things that have happened in the world and just keeps going. And I think that's, what that flash forward which is the final shot of the movie is of like we see Klemperer's house in the modern day with like a nice family living in it and like the little carving is now faded away and like that has nothing to do with the witches besides the fact that like he lived there and experienced what he experienced and so those witches are still around they'll always be around uh and like that's a really cool I really liked that they, like, did that sort of exploration of, like, what would these energies be and what would be required of, like, their ancient primordial gods, basically. Yeah. They need some blood sacrifices. They need some crazy-ass <laughs> old ancient rituals. 
of gutting people and throat singing. Yeah, that was really upsetting when they like the hook comes back into play later and they're just mm-hmm. like literally just ripping them open well, and pulling yeah. out their innards and just like smearing oh. them around it's like Mm-mm. no no I, I don't want this <laughs> uh oh. but i do agree because uh, obviously i saw this one first and so uh the mythology i think the mythology could have been fleshed out a little bit more um but it is fun sure. that they're like trying to do something with some mythology here um and i was kind of surprised that the original didn't have like any of that. Like I, cause like this one, you, <clears throat> not that it needs to have an explanation, but like you kind of, like, Oh, Suspiria, like mother Suspiriorum. Like, okay. I can kind of like see how that tracks, but like, why was the original one called that? There was no reference to like anything. Like you was just like, yeah, there are witches here, but like, there's no like mythology to it other than just like, yeah, these are some witches and they're just going to do some witch shit. So like, mm-hmm. I, I do just appreciate sounds spooky. It does sound spooky, and that's fine, but um, I just, like, given that I saw this one first, and this one definitely has, like, that as a a primary focus, I was a little surprised when I watched the original that it just didn't, and it was just kind of like, yeah, we're just going to be a pretty straightforward witch movie, enjoy or don't, (laughs) like. (laughs) Yeah. The uh, one thing about a hook is that later when uh, Sarah or is it Sarah, yeah, Sarah steals the hook <laughs> and brings it to Klemperer, and he's like, "You leave it here." And they set it down on that table, and it just rattles for too long. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is very unsettling." I'm like, dun, 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 dun. "Well, and those, those hooks, there's like little stuff like that." Those hooks are like so aggressive. Like the like the actual like ar- like architecture, like the curvature of the hook is so intense. That, like, I was trying to think, like, how... Like, it doesn't seem like it would be that useful, I guess. Like, I don't know. I mean, they clearly make it work, and you see them making it work with Olga's body, R.I.P. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they carry her away by hooks. Another thing that I thought was really fun in that final sequence is, like, the three women that are all standing... It's like, Olga, they somehow contorted her body back to a normal shape, which, like... On the one hand, I'm glad we didn't see that, but on the other hand, I really wish we would have seen that. Yeah. Um, but they've got her, and then they've got Patricia, and then they've got um, Sarah. But it's fun to see all three of them in, like, different levels of, like, disrepair. <laughs> it's like, Olga's definitely the most fucked up, but Patricia's also not looking too hot. And Sarah, like, mostly <laughs> looks fine, but you can definitely tell that her bone never really got fixed. Like, that's still an issue. Um, but I did think it was like, it was fun that they're like, oh, okay. They like, they're all back here and they're all part of this weird game too. So, so that's fun. Um, and I did like that, uh, <clears throat> the Susie slash, um, Suspiriorum, like, oh, Susie, sus, like Suspiria, Susie. It has the same first three letters. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It was a hint all along. <laughs> it's uh, Kaiser Sose. <laughs> Kaiser Susie? Kaiser yeah, Susie. Kaiser Susie. <laughs> Kaiser Susie Superiorum? Susperiorum. I just spit trying to say Susperiorum. Yeah, that feels right. But I like that she gave them, like, a peaceful death. She didn't, like, have death explode them. Like, they've been through enough. Yeah. Like, just just let and them just, like, curl up into the fetal position and be dead. <laughs> like, like, what is her game? I feel like that, like, 
giving them a peaceful death and telling uh, Klimper later, like, I'm sorry for what they did to you. Which I'm wondering if that she just meant luring with his dead wife, if that's the thing that she's apologizing for. Or in just general. I think like, all of it. Yeah. That would make more sense. Because she, um, she, like, races all of his memory of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting that, like, she seems f- kind of benevolent, maybe? Or at least, like, more in control than all the other witches who had been, like... It, seem, it seems, like, in some way running rampant and just, like, doing what they want. Collecting urine and hair and <laughs> killing girls. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, I mean, I, Joel mentioned that earlier. It was like, it's never explicitly said, but like you can tell that they're like bad, right? And so I think, yeah, I think that it, it makes sense that like, I mean, it's still witchcraft. Like they're still going to do some weird shit, but like they don't necessarily have to be evil witches, right? Right. Um, like if Harry Potter has taught us anything, there can be good witches. Um, and also that J.K. Rowling is garbage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a that's neither here Maybe nor there. Maybe Mother Suspiria or will go deal with her. Next. Yeah, we, we're gonna send her take care of that. Uh, but, but yeah, I think that was kind of like my interpretation was that it was sure. just kind of like Suspiriorum is taking this back over and not going to let it be some source of evil and just kind of like have it be. A, a f- functional coven, I guess. <laughs> as much as we're getting some rules back in place. <laughs> yes. OSHA first. No more hooks. Um, I mean, they probably keep the hooks. Yeah, you're That's not. True. Those hooks are dope. You're not going to get them. Get rid of them. But it's like, how many did you buy? And they're like, we bought in bulk. We have a we whole box. So many basement. fucking hooks, <laughs> you guys. We didn't even need to go diving for the one that he threw off the bridge. Like we could have just gotten a new one. Uh, yeah, uh, like in the in the original, they store all the food upstairs, and that that's where all the maggots come from. In this one, okay. they store all the hooks. It's just like, oh god, somebody's got to go to the fucking attic, grab some more hooks. We're we're running low. These are <laughs> these are getting a little dull. They don't quite pierce flesh the way we want them to. So like, just go grab a few more. <laughs> I'm just imagining an unboxing like with headphones, where you have to like slide it out of a sleeve and like. <laughs> emerge like push it from the little plastic casing and be like okay i'll take the plastic off i'll take the little cork that's on the tip off so that we can use the hook oh like, my every God. time Here's we lose my flesh with it <laughs> yeah, just, oh yeah just this one's good this one's good this gets the good. job done <laughs> uh also did you notice that the floor design of the Vogue uh performance is the same as the drawing in the book yeah that's like yeah that was cool i didn't notice that that was fun time. Um, another fun thing that I did not know, but found out after the fact, the, uh, Klemperer's wife is played by the oh, yeah. woman from the original Suspiria. Oh. There were quite a, f- a few really cool callbacks yeah. to the original. Um, yeah, so I, so I think the only other thing I want to talk about with the remake and then i think we can spend a little bit of time talking about like com- like callbacks or like specifically between the two of them uh just the scene with the cops in the house like oh it, yeah it was just like yeah. so funny <laughs> just like oh, just like this hook is gonna go in his penis <laughs> no uh, no just it's kidding not. <laughs> like susie just like watching it and us being able to just like like it's 
it doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. I mean, like, it does, but, like, for all intents and purposes, it doesn't. But it's just, like, a really bizarre, funny scene that they... And, like, I love the way that it's set up where, like, the first shot you get is, like, they're clearly just, like, they froze them and they're just standing there. And they just, like, look like they did when they walked in. And they're all just like, ha, 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 And then the camera, like, moves down. It's like, oh, I get it. I see what's happening here. <laughs> And um, even Susie's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that so that was like one of the moments where I was like, why isn't she like a fr- at least a little bit weirded out by this? Yeah, yeah. Because she, but also like, given the end, I feel like she should have not been happy about it. She seemed kind of into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe she just she was like, I'm willing to go along with it until they bring me to that chamber so I can get death on their ass. I can't let yeah. them know that I'm. I can't. I can't play my, play my hand too too quickly. Yeah. Also, later when she's like, "How did that dance make you feel?" and she's like, "It made me feel like fucking." And you're like, "Whoa, <laughs> yikes!" You're going from Mennonite to yeah. that really fast. Like no. Yeah, there was yeah. no gradual transition no here. Yeah. And she's like talking to Sarah, and she's like, "Did you feel it down there?" And Sarah's like, "What? <laughs> feel what? Doing what?" And she's like, "When you danced, did you feel it down there?" And you're like, "Something's up with this girl." <laughs> Um, anybody have anything else to say about the original, or the, sorry, the remake? I was just going to mention a couple of the other callback things. Yeah, I was going to say, so I, like, we can start talking a little bit about callbacks to kind of wrap it up. I'm going to, I'm going to run through some, some quick things that don't require a lot of discussion. Uh, Suspiria on the train station sign as the opening title. Didn't notice that the first time and was like, oh, that's a cool, that's fun. Very subtle way to do it um when tilda swinton starts the rehearsal by giving everyone kisses i I wrote down my dream (laughs) i would want that to be the way i start every morning is her kissing me on the forehead and being like how's your shoulder (laughs) being like i'm fine mother uh yeah truly feels right her her as madame blanc is like peak what i want tilda swinton to be in my life just a long dress with long hair uh <laughs> diary drawings i wrote down just because the diary drawings were very uh upsetting yeah i'm just like people sitting on top of other people and then <laughs> seeing that at the end um and then uh i thought anka who now i know is the from the original looks like 40 years younger than joseph mm-hmm. uh who's just the oldest man in existence <laughs> they made they made tilda swin look like she's been alive for every war that's ever happened and, her, and anka looks like she's maybe in her 60s but she's like maybe just in her 50s and he just looks withered just dead <laughs> where i was like clearly this can't be real because how many years have passed and he looks like this um, I think that's all. That's all my, my notes. Uh, callbacks, Joel. Hit, hit us with, so, hit, hit us with yeah, the We already mentioned a couple, uh, some of the camera movements, um, and then that actress who played Susie in the original being Anka. Uh, the other one that hit me right away, I don't know if it was the exact same, uh, sound bite, but the, like, mother's wheezing very oh. similar to Helena Marcos's like snoring. 
yeah in the original and then the other one that i thought was just kind of cool is sarah like finding her way into the other place by counting steps yep i that one was my favorite one um like obviously the the um jessica harper being anka like is like the most overt one um if if you know it like i had to look it up after the fact but um that was my favorite one because like the step thing in the original is just so weird (laughs) like like just the, the way that like sarah is like oh, I can't believe I didn't realize that they weren't leaving. Like, I can't believe I didn't figure that out. Let's count the steps. And then she's like, okay, it's four, and then it's six, and then it's 20. And then it's, but it was just like, what? <laughs> like it's, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> it was a like, little if like Nancy Drew. Yeah, I was like, this is ridiculous. And it's like, the, it's when when Susie is actually like following through, like, there wouldn't have been a stopping point. Like, re- like theoretically a person would have just ca- like, yeah, there was a corner that she had, like she had to turn down a corner, but like people don't stop and then turn their bodies and then start you walking don't? again. Yeah. And you like you can, that? you can tell if somebody's walking left or right and maybe I guess away from you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought that that was like a really goofy thing, which like, whatever I, it's the seventies. <laughs> like, um, so, but I thought that was a really goofy thing in the first one. Um, <clears throat> so I really like the way that a, um, they like made that reference to the original, but B actually made it more realistic in this one where it's just like, Oh, there's something here. Like there's something going on between our rooms. So now I'm going to count to a certain point and then count back. Um, and I thought I was like, Oh, that's a really, really clever way of of bringing that in and also making it not dumb (laughs) yeah did you have any other callbacks or anything that we didn't bring up matt no i don't think so okay i i wrote down one thing too that was like uh tilda swinton refers to the new volk like what they're making it into is like the struggle of rebirth which then it was like oh yeah and that's suspiria like yeah suspiriorum Uh, I also thought the posters for the performance look like uh, Berlin posters. Like, when you see movie <laughs> posters from, like, Poland and Germany, and you're always like, what is this movie? And they're like, alien, and it's like a circle with, like, teeth on the other side of the poster and, like, a hand, and you're like, what the fuck is this poster? <laughs> and, like, this performance was just, like, weird limbs and, like, an eye, and it was like, yeah, this, while it looks like something evil it also just looks like that's the that's the posters that berlin puts up pretty par for, for the course <laughs> yeah just like weird body bodies go in different directions um the building itself is really cool too yeah i just thought like their coven which the original looks similar only in that it's like a tall entryway but like this one looked very much like a building in Berlin. Yeah, I thought yeah, which, that, is, which is cool. The, the other one was like very like old, like classic building, and this one was like very like brutalist. Yeah, yeah, and I think like it it the color fits too because like I think it's like a bright red building in the original one, and it's just this like dull gray like cement building in this one. Um, which I think like fits everything else that like, like you said, the first one is super bright and vivid and this one is just very like harsh and 
like very dull. Um, so I think like it, it is fun that they made the buildings look similar, but still like tied to the, the like the everything else that's going on. Um, yeah, it's interesting they didn't have a skylight in this one actually, as far as callbacks go. That oh. like that didn't make its way into this one, considering. Like, I just saw something the other day. It was either, like, a coaster or floor mat or something that was in the design of the ceiling. Oh, uh, yeah. And, like, the oh, skylight. Cool. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Because it was just, like, the red, blue, yellow yeah. triangles. And it is interesting, actually, that he didn't do anything with the skylight as a concept. Or even just visually something similar. Yeah. We get none of that. Huh. You should, um... You should see if you can get a scarf with that skylight pattern, so it would go with your shining scarf carpet pattern. Yeah. Another movie that I respect but don't care that much about, personally. <laughs> <laughs> but that pattern's very cool. The pattern itself is very cool. Um, uh, all right, shall we move on to the, the categories? Yeah. Um, so, tattoo ideas. I mean, the most obvious one is just Olga's fucked up... <clears throat> destroyed body because it's the best part of both of these movies (laughs) but i'm open open to other suggestions (laughs) i've got two one would be like just like a simple line version of olga's body oh like contorted yeah or like one of the notebook drawings yeah Mm -hmm. oh i like that Uh, or if you want to go the other way, just full body of Helena Marcos with the baby arm. Cool. <laughs> just just like, tattoo a baby arm on your arm. On yeah, arm. <laughs> it's a Helena Marcos reference. Duh. Get those Obviously. cool sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> just like the really, jowls. really go for it. I love that. Yeah. yeah. No, the Helena Marcos was my my second my my runner up because. God, it's disgusting. So gross. So gross. I I think any of the, like, kind of frames from the title card. Oh, yeah. For each act, too, any of those patterns. Like, that would actually be a cool. I don't know where you'd put that, but, like, just, like, around as an armband or something would actually look pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Little white and red dashes. It was fun watching them grow over the course of the movie too. Like, yeah, you know, the first one was just like, I think it was words with like something small behind, like below it. And then it like kind of started expanding outward. And then by the, and then they like collapsed down to the bottom. Yeah. The, the last act was just like all of the frame had fallen down and gathered on the bottom of the screen. That was really cool. Um, I also, I thought it was fun. The, like the movie starts with like like the I, well, the opening title card is just like Amazon Studios and whatever present like a story in six acts and an epilogue set in divided Berlin you're like what? <laughs> okay because <laughs> like, I, I remember the first time I saw it I was like alright well I guess I know how much like I know this is a long movie but now I'll have an idea of how much longer I've got because I think I went to like a 10pm screening because I'm an idiot um, and so, like, I was starting to get tired when it was, like, act five. I was like, okay, we're in the home stretch now. I think I can power through. And, uh, ha- and act five is named, like, in the house of madness. With a parenthetical. Uh, like all it's... the darkness. Yeah, all the darkness. <laughs> the Mooter House. It's yeah. in the Mooter House, parentheses, all the floors are darkness. 
Sure. It's like, what? <laughs> what are we even talking about? Um, Would you guys spend time on either of these film sets? Yeah. I don't think I would in the original. Yeah. Like, Too I much think... corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> like, the original definitely, like, looks more fun. Um, But I just, like, I don't really care about people who are not speaking the same language as me and have, wow. to, have, to, have to get their voices dubbed so I can have a conversation with them. <laughs> I do think it would be annoying to be like, do you just want to shoot with a boom mic? Like, we've, we've got those. And for them to be like, no, 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 no. We're going to film everything and then we're going to dub it later. Yeah. Being like, but we, I mean, this is the same year as Star Wars. So, like, <laughs> yeah. we could put have a microphone on someone. Movies from other countries. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, 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 no. It must be dubbed. That is how everybody dubs these movies. We ju- we're going to do it in 10 years with uh, Cinema Paradiso. So we will never stop. We will do this all the time. I think I would get frustrated and be like, I can't. I can't watch this happen. Yeah. Just everyone speaking to each other in different languages and being like, they'll figure it out later. Yeah, it's it's fine. That's a future us problem. <laughs> like, oh, God. Um, obviously, you would spend time on the new one, though, Matt, so you could just yeah. hang out with your Quain, oh your Quain Bay. And every, no matter what they were filming, I could hang out with Tilda Swinton. Yeah. I'd be like, you playing an old man? Cool, I'll hang out. You playing a cool woman? Cool, I'll hang out. You playing a gross-ass monster? <laughs> I'll hang out less, but... <laughs> but I'll still hang out. <laughs> I do, I do want to see this whole thing happen. <laughs> it would be fun to be on set when they're filming the final sequence, because, you know, in real life it wouldn't be all dark red and you could actually see what's going on, so, you know. That would but be- it also might look dumb of, like, this guy sure. in this Halloween costume pointing at people <laughs> and them going, Ah! Ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> And falling down as everyone else is like naked and dancing. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, cut. And they're like, okay, bring the bathrobes and like <laughs> bring our coffee because we're so scarred from filming this. I did see um, there's a little thing on Amazon Prime that popped up, I think during the credits, um, where it was like a little trivia thing. And Dakota Johnson's apparently in an interview with Elle magazine said that like shooting this movie fucked her up so badly that she had to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, yeah, that feels right. <laughs> so maybe a pass on hanging out on that set too. <laughs> you know what? I take that back. I think I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it is funny that like Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer were like, man, it was the best like six months of our lives. We just became best friends. And then like the next movie, Dakota Johnson is like, well, it fucked me up pretty bad. Uh, Started thinking a lot about my mom, and uh, maybe she thinks I'm her sin. So, thanks, Luca. Thanks, Luca. (laughs) Um, all right. So it should not surprise either of you that none, neither of these movies was nominated for anything of note. Which is definitely feels right. Uh, I will say, Suspiria remake was nominated for two Independent Spirit Awards, Hmm. Um, and one of them was cinematography, which it won. Which I don't know if I, I I don't know if I necessarily like. I thought it looked good. I mean, in the same way that like um, Inside Lewin Davis looks good, you know, like sure. Like, yes. it's, it's like that cold, bleak, cold, like, not sweet. 
bitter, not sweet <laughs> at all. So if you know any guys like that, give them my number. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if I would have said that it should have won. Here are the other ones that were nominated that year. Uh, Madeline's Madeline, which <laughs> fuck all the way off with that. <laughs> That's uh, a... No. I love it. Have you back on and we can talk about that. Um, wildlife, Mandy, and We the Animals. So, like, Mandy should have won, right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I would say Wildlife. Wildlife uh, did look beautiful. I thought Mandy I, was just oversaturated. But I, I feel like if, if this was... The end of this was shot like Mandy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been much more successful. For sure. That's true. Um, and then the other thing, it was, it, like, it wasn't really, I don't think nominated necessarily. It's just, it won the Robert Altman Award, which is just presented. It's like an ensemble, like, cast award at the Independent Film Spirit Awards, um, which I think it probably deserved that. Because, like, I know all, like, Tilda, Tilda. You got three different Tilda. Tildas. <laughs> and Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson was good at doing the thing that she needed to do, so, you know. <laughs> Yeah, she, her, her like her vacancy really worked with this movie of just like not really seeming like she's all present. Yeah, and it like worked really well, especially for that last scene where she's talking to Klemper. Yeah, I was like, I feel very calm and like settled with you, even though you're like this all powerful being. <laughs> you're like a wizard. Um, so this is yeah. the only thing I've seen her in. Really. I, yeah. I mean, she's not in SNL. a lot of stuff, but, like, you, and, neither yeah. of you saw Fifty Shades of Grey? No. Oh, no. no. And I was a little bit worried only having known her as the actress from Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh. <laughs> but I was like, no, I thought she did a good good job. Yeah. I yeah. Like, because I, I, you're right, man. I think, like, I think she did what she needed to do for this role. Like, it's not a very showy performance, but it, it sh- it's not supposed to be, and I thought she was really effective at doing the thing that it needed to be. Um, yeah. Because I, I think she's, like, mostly just fine. I haven't seen her a lot of her stuff, but, like, I'm very rarely like, oh, fuck yeah, Dakota Johnson. It's usually like, yeah, she does a passable job in whatever I've seen her in. What else besides Fifty Shades has she been in? I know, I saw her in SNL and I was unimpressed <laughs> in a big way. I was like, yikes, are you even trying? She has a very small part in... Uh, 21 jump street which is pretty fun uh oh she's so so she's one of like the other so it's like um jonah hill and channing tatum are like the two like main partners she's Mm -hmm. one of the other people that's in the jump street division it's her and the black girl whose name i definitely can't remember but sang like did the theme song um they they're the ones who like like make an arrest like every time they're on screen they're like yeah we just busted up another drug ring at this school <laughs> so, like she's pretty fun in that but um oh she was in the social network she was uh the one who wow. hooked up with justin timberlake in, in stanford wow. oh. got him so i've seen got her plenty of times yes yeah. <laughs> but she's just, the point yeah the point is that you've seen her but she's never like good enough that it's like noteworthy like she's always just like fine but I mean, she's she's in uh, Luca's other movie, A Bigger Splash. Yeah, which I've never oh, seen. Oh, that's right. I haven't seen that either. She's in Bad Times at the El Royale, which I haven't seen. Oh, oh yeah. she's that's pretty good. Yeah, fine. In that. But again, right? I think <laughs> her mom's Melanie Griffith, right? Yeah, yeah. 
equally an actress I don't remember any movies that she's been in whatsoever. <laughs> I couldn't name a single Melanie Griffith movie un- unless it was like When a Man Loves a Woman. Is that a Melanie Griffith movie? I don't know. With Andy Oh god, what's his name? Andy <laughs> Oh, this is a fun game. Garcia. This is really good podcast count uh content. Is she... <laughs> is she in Roar? Oh. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. Suspiria was just her experience of Roar. <laughs> that's what that's all the shit that it dredged up. Where oh. she was like, "Oh my god. God bless Roar. That movie rules." Um all right. So, normally we talk about what we've been up to. But I thought it would be fun, since this is a special one f- specifically for spoopy season. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, What have you guys been up to, and or what are your plans for the remainder of spoopy season? So, like, have you been watching any spoopy movies, et cetera, et cetera, or what are your plans? We got, as we record, we've got about two weeks left of October, so I thought that would be a fun, a fun spin on this category. So, Joel, we can start off with you. Sure, so... For this spoopiest of seasons. Spoopiest. Uh, my wife, Hannah, my who wife. you both know. <laughs> well, first of all, if you go there, I showed her Borat for the first time last night. Oh, no. Oh, no. How she said, go? quote, I did not find it laugh out loud funny. All right. <laughs> we'll take it, I guess. But uh, aside from that, we every October we, we watch as many horror movies as we can. Um, and... A couple times I've tried to, like, watch a lot of a series, mm. and I usually fail because most of these series are, like, set, start in the 70s and 80s, and they can be really difficult to get access to all of the movies. Yeah. Um, but this year, finally broke down and bought the, like, Blu-ray of the first four Alien yes. movies and nice. watched those, like, over the last couple of weeks, or, like, last week, I guess. Um, and had seen the first two before, uh, hadn't seen three or four, which I knew they were of differing quality from the first two. <laughs> that's, that's generous. And, and that, that was entirely true. Uh, the third one is kind of fun. It's got its moments. It's got the, like, really classic alien getting right up to Ripley's face moment. And there's some other, it has some other things going for it and four is just complete trash garbage (laughs) throw it in the dumpster (laughs) oh god yeah i someday i'll watch resurrection the the last 15 minutes are kind of cool okay but there's just so much like bad acting bad like the the directors of the first three ridley scott james cameron david fincher and then I can't even remember the name of the the director of the fourth movie. Which I think says all you need to say. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it like a Swedish director? Like uh, French. French. Oh. I'll look him up while you guys are talking and, and while yeah, you guys are, are <clears throat> saying what those, you're watching. Those are good spoopy movies. Um, I have... So I was I, one thing I will say I really appreciate about Joel is that like literally as soon as the calendar turns to October he's like all right let's do this shit like and he'll he'll be texting oh me like God. oh we're watching this thing I'm like yeah you fucking are it's October <laughs> what's up 
It's the guy that directed Amelie. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm oh, not going to... weird. Everybody do yourself a favor. I... Look him up on IMDb, because he's got... He... I, I hope that he chose this picture. He's just got the most face on right, right there. But, yeah. Um... He's, like, directed good things. I am not going to attempt to do this because there's no way I could do it justice, but everybody should go to YouTube and look up the My Brother, My Brother and Me Amelie <laughs> skit, sketch. It's not really just like a riff that Bit the brothers moment. do for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. One of the funniest things you'll see. It's I every time I've watched it, I've probably watched it not exaggerating like a hundred times every single what? time. What? It's like a minute and a half long, and it always makes me cry, like laughing. I'm <laughs> laughing so hard. Like, why would I not just keep watching that? It's so good. If you so need a little pick-me-up, go go, go. do yourself a favor and, and do that. Um, but yeah, I watched The Fly, um, the 1986 version with Jeff Goldblum. And How'd you watch it? How'd you watch it? Uh, it was streaming somewhere. Liar. I mean, I my brother-in-law. Worked. I wanted to watch The Fly, and I had to watch Dead Ringers instead because they're, they're, that was the only Cronenberg I could find. My brother-in-law works for Dish, and so he has like access to all of the movie channels. Mm. Um, so I, I think it was on like Showtime or Stars or one of those two that I like normally would not have had access to, but because my brother-in-law hooked me up, I had access. My brother, to it. my brother-in-law. Anyway, it's nice to have a family member that works at the cable company. Yeah. It doesn't suck. <laughs> I will say that. Um, but yeah, that movie is super gross. Like that body horror shit that Ooh. I love, that movie is so disgusting. And the final like 15 minutes of that movie just awful. just ruined my night. Like in the best possible There's... way. But it is so, so gross. <laughs> Cannot yeah. recommend that movie highly enough. There's, like, a lot of horror does, like, blood or, like, organs or, like, goop. But few movies make scabs so much of, like, sheets of skin yeah. falling off yep. part of the vibe. Yep. And the fly fucked me up as a kid. Yep. <laughs> I saw the fly way too young and just saw the ending when he's, like, vomiting on stuff. Yeah. And parts of his body are crumbling off and was like, this is the worst nightmare I've ever seen. And then I saw peacock feathers at a house we went to and it looked like a fly. And I was uh, afraid to go into the room that had peacock (laughs) feathers because it looked like the fly. So that movie fucked me up and I haven't rewatched it since I was a kid. It's so good. Um, Brundle fly. Oh God. Uh, And then, uh, the other night, we I went over to my sister's house, and we I brought my projector over, and we did an outdoor movie, because it's fin- finally, question mark, I think, fall is, is here in Denver, and I think it's going to be a little too cold uh, for us to do it again. But we watched The Thing, which, by the way, still rules. Uh, 1982, mm-hmm. not quite as good as the 2011 version, but, you know, we all, we all, <laughs> we all make sacrifices. Be gone. <laughs> um, I cast you out. But it was really I fun. We started you. the movie at, like, 8, and it was pretty comfortable outside. 
and then uh, by the time the movie was over, it was actually like pretty cold. Uh, so the fact that they're running around in Antarctica really, like, yeah, <laughs> really, really that's a nice out. little yeah bonus. Uh, and that movie's still gross, and I love it. <laughs> and uh, I, <laughs> my sister and brother-in-law have two huskies. And reminder, if you haven't seen that movie in a while, it starts with some uh, Norwegian dudes trying to murder a husky and so that wasn't great for my sister (laughs) a husky in quotes well sure and then like 20 ish minutes later that husky just starts mutating and gets all sorts of fucked up and also didn't go over well with my sister so you know and hoses down other huskies with juices choices were made and i'm proud of those uh my sister (laughs) might still not be happy with me but hey we're we're good, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm planning on watching a few more. I, <clears throat> I really just want to get done with Bly Manor on Netflix. It's not that good, um, but I'm like six out of nine episodes in. And I just want to be done with it so I can move on to other actually scary and or good horror movies. So I think I'm probably going to do that. But I was going to talk to you guys because I think what I'm going to do at some point between now and, I, and Halloween is replay some of uh, Last of Us Part Two because oh yeah the the like chapter seven and i don't want to say too much just in case anybody who's listening hasn't yet played the game but chapter seven uh is one of the coolest video game experiences i've ever had like there's so many cool sequences throughout that chapter of this game and some of them are just like really cool visually and some of them are just like actually scary and some of them are a combination of the two and i like that's by far the scariest thing that's happened. Like, I mean, is COVID, that the... COVID's pretty fucking scary, but uh, <laughs> outside of you know, like the existential and literal like pandemic, frightening nightmare that's really happening, this has been the most like that. Like playing through that game and this like chapter in particular uh, is the is the thing that's definitely like fucked me up the most this year in terms of like pop culture horror type stuff so i think i'm probably going to redo that um it's the one it's the day that i always talk to you guys about um it's the hospital it's, it's the hospital the hospital sequence it's the the hotel that they have to like descend down the hotel to get to the ground floor like it's that whole day so good it's so good yeah and just so scary and so the disgusting. End, <laughs> the parts you're talking about, I just screamed the whole time. Yeah. I just my character just ran around and I screamed going like, no, no, no. God, oh no. Oh my god, oh no, please. Yeah, so I think that's that's gonna be uh something I do at some point in the next couple weeks. I'm pretty excited about it. And also, you know, if you still Matt and I talked about it a while ago on the pod, but if you still haven't played Last of Us Part Two and you have a PlayStation 4, get on it. That game rules. Yeah, if you don't like it, you can go, you can blow. Um, I have not watched a lot of horror movies yet, but we will be, if weather uh, permits, we'll be watching a movie outside tonight with some friends. Uh, Here are some of the options that are on the docket. We haven't decided yet what we're going to watch, but Lost Boys, Adam's Family, Beetlejuice, Nightmare Before Christ, uh sweeney todd nightmare before christ yeah that's the shorthand for it (laughs) that's the nickname that i gave it um sweeney todd nightmare before christ is actually passion of the christ but it's just the alternate title um okay sweeney todd (laughs) 
Witches of Eastwick, which I don't know if I've seen all the way through. Death Becomes Her. Uh, Casper. <laughs> this is a wild list. <laughs> it's everything it's a, and anything. It's a long list. Yeah, I was going to say. I know. I, we haven't decided what we're going to pick, but it's probably going to be Lost Boys. It seems like a good fit. Yeah. And otherwise, I don't know. I'm Oh, I... I'm gonna. Pl- I'm planning on watching Over the Garden Wall, which is Cartoon Network series, animated series, but it's like vaguely fall themed, vaguely Halloween themed. They're like pumpkin people, so that seems appropriate. And it's supposedly very good. It's got like very good critical ratings and a fan base that is rabid. They love this show. Nice. Uh, so I'll probably end up watching that. Uh, and in general, I'll probably just listen to Ryan Gosling's In the Room Where You Sleep uh, on YouTube on a loop because it's a spoopy song and all the kids in it are dressed like little Halloween kids. Check it out. It's a good song. <laughs> uh, I feel like we should all also watch Cats because there's nothing more horrifying than the digital fur technology. <laughs> the opening moments it's... are a fever dream yeah colin you know the exact circumstances yes. that i require to watch cats and i will yeah. no matter how long this pandemic goes on i will not do it until that's fair those requirements can be met all right that's fine um all right well that does it for suspiria's suspiria um joel thanks for joining us this was really fun yeah, thanks for having me. it was really fun um and I think we'll be back to uh, regularly scheduled film festival episodes starting up next week. So I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs>